0: Hey everybody, it's Sean from Soccer Chat, and Nick and myself are excited to be a part of the podcast row at the United Soccer Coaches 2022 convention in Kansas City this January. The convention is the ultimate event for soccer coaches and those who work in the game. Rekindle your passion through presentations, on-field demonstrations, exhibits, and events for coaches at every level. Whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole coaching staff, there is no better place to learn, network, and experience all aspects of the game. Register for the convention before the price increase on December 16th to secure the best rate. And as a listener of this podcast, Soccer Chat, use the promo code POD22 at checkout and save an additional $40. That's right. Get a discount just by using pod twenty two at your promo code checkout. Your registration also includes all of the recorded sessions, so you won't miss a thing. Visit UnitedSoccerCoachesConvention.org today to register before December 16th, and don't forget to use that promo code POD22 at checkout to save. Nick and myself, we can't wait to be reunited with all of you in Kansas City.
1: For
2: coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and
0: Sean Soderling. We're getting everybody ready for convention, and we've said this before on the show, when we've had this guest on, that this is probably, uh, you know, Jeff also said it last week as well, this is like the most popular presenter at convention every single year like this is no joke if you go to her lectures it is standing room only even in like the door to get in is a standing room like you can't not you can't get in so like if if you're going to go to convention this is not the lecture you want to miss like she is incredible so much that there's only one way to describe her and that's big d (laughs) <laughs> Donna Fisher is in the house
2: once again here <laughs> on Soccer Chat. The band's back together. I'm back.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: absolutely. People probably remember our, we were doing our, our uh, Dose of D episodes for a while. Uh, everybody's getting ready for convention. There's so much going on. We've got so much to talk about. And the thing that we love about having you on um, is just, you know, you've got so much you wouldn't say wisdom and knowledge. So we'll say it for you. Um, and there's just so much that I know you're getting to talk about with uh, your lecture. Cause I know this year you've got the add-on, which is for the day before uh, convention starts. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that just a little bit um, as well as just, you know, some, some various things going on. So, you know, since the last time we've chatted, you know, how's, how's things going with you? What's, what's new in the, in the life of big D.
2: Well, Uh, I mean, seasons, my college teams are, you know, finishing up and I actually, big news is... Uh uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh. I have a new hip. What? I got a hip replacement, people.
0: No. It's
2: awesome. All (laughs) (laughs) All those years of goalkeeping and... Yeah. I found out I had hip dysplasia also never knew I had that. So that's why I had a seriously torn labrum and super bad arthritis bone on bone. So, but I was still exercising. They asked me my, my, you know, my pain level one to 10. Yeah. And I'm like, well, a 10 when I'm exercising (laughs) and you know, the nurse would be, and you're still exercising. Well, yeah, it's just pain. <laughs> it's, have you have you you
0: probably haven't watched this do you watch uh, a lot of shows on stars by chance no did you okay so there's a show on there that anybody who looks up it's totally up my alley it's called heels and there was a character on there um that they were asking about like oh like what's hurting you and he's like it'd be a lot quicker if I told you what didn't hurt <laughs> um and I feel I feel like you know old going age through all that yeah that you'd be like uh you know let me tell you what doesn't hurt'll we'll, we'll be
2: okay yeah, so he said, my surgeon said I can fix the labrum, but it would be like an ACL recovery. Oh my gosh. And I I said, no way, man! I'm not signing up for that. So, but we can fix all three of those things: the hip dysplasia, arthritis, and the torn labrum, just by cutting it all out and giving you a new one. I'm <laughs> like, sign me up! Six weeks, six weeks recovery. So, so I'm still like. Do- I'm still doing PT.
1: So Donna, my dad actually had the exact same thing, like about like a year and a half ago, and it was the same thing where it was like it was just causing him so much pain. He just kept exercising, kept exercising, and then finally, like he got it, and it's been he it's been like he feels like a new person.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. And so I've been I've been doing PT, which some people don't do PT. I've I've heard. I guess maybe older people who just need to get up from the recliner. I don't, I don't know.
0: I just need the new hip. <laughs> I don't need to work out from it. Just give me the new one.
2: So yeah, I'm doing that. Uh, biking. I was released to jog. So until you do any like water therapy. He did say swimming would be yeah. good, but I, I don't love swimming. I, I'm not a good swimmer.
0: So it here's looks, what here's what painful, would make you actually do it. <laughs> Here, here's what would make you actually enjoy this. So when I had my Achilles uh reconstruction surgery, uh they told me basically like anything from my like stomach down, because when you're in the water, there's no like weight getting put down True. on it. True. So what um I did all my therapy on my own because the player that I was coaching, her dad was a PT and mm. he was like, Here, do this instead. So if you go get a noodle, okay, like one okay. Of those pool noodles, yeah, 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 and put it underneath your armpits. and get into like the deep end and actually act like you're running like, and you will actually tread around. Now here's the secret that they, here's what they don't tell you to do at, uh, here's what the therapist don't tell you to do. My friends figured this out and it made it work wonders. So you're doing like laps around the pool. Okay. What my friends did is by the like steps of the pool, they would set a beverage down there. And (laughs) every time I went around, I could take a drink from the beverage. I'd go back around again, get another drink, Okay. go back and get another drink so All it right. adds a little bit to where eventually once you get done with the actual like treading around as many times you need to go then it just becomes relaxing
2: yeah the carrot you hang the carrot on this you know, what do they say the carrot on the end of the stick or whatever yeah you, yeah that's it, good it, it totally good works.
0: idea totally works So, uh, you know, you mentioned end of the season for colleges, obviously, you know, all the colleges that are working with you right now are going through, you know, end of season meetings, surveys, things like that. Yes. Um, You know, what, what are kind of some, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's specific questions as coaches we need to ask our players or you know like, what, what is something that we may, we may not be asking that we need to ask in those end of season meetings?
2: Sure. Well, that opens up a can of worms. For me, I thought you
0: like can of worms.
2: I do, I do. So m- biggest thing is to make sure that they feel that they've been heard. So you have to give them ask questions that gives them space. So how some of my teams we've sent out actually we call reflection reflection reflections and it's got some questions on it that they answer before they come into the individual meeting. So there's talking points and as a coach you can think you can think through it. So it's things for example what what held you know what did you give 100% effort in every training session? What what do you feel held you back? What do you feel pushed you forward? How, how did you feel in our environment? So put your environment out there to be evaluated. Again, there's context to everything. So as a coach, we have to, we have to filter who the player is. That's, that's communicating to us. If they're not happy because they're not getting what they want, i.e playing time, let's say, uh, their responses tend to be, right, unhappiness, and they're going to maybe, you know, pick on some things. I also think it's important to give the players an opportunity to reflect and, and ask them, what, what else do I need to do for you? How, how else can I help you? So those, those types of open-ended questions, aside from just making sure you're, you're staying connected to them as a human being, like what's going on in their, in their life, what's happening over Christmas, where are they going, who are they gonna be with, right? Just building mm-hmm. that, that relationship.
0: And what do you, what do you
2: all, what do you guys ask your, your players?
0: It, to me, it, it's very similar. Maybe not like, I know some of those questions I don't put a survey because like, I, I want to ask them directly um, just to like hear it from them. Cause I feel like to me, like surveys are always kind of like, I don't, it, it's my old phobia of being on the phone. You can tell me that you're at a McDonald's while you're talking on the phone, but I don't know that you're at McDonald's while you're talking to me on the phone. And so like, to me, it's it's having that conversation, that survey, I guess, in person um, to me, like helps me out a lot more rather than well, here, like, I can read
2: so, it. Sorry to cut you off. Can I, so you're, you struggle with the fact that you wanna hear their immediate answer in person? I, I would it, much
0: rather hear that. I, I, I feel like on writing, um, you know, because most time you'll you'll ha- you'll have something sent to you, and then it's like, oh, well, I wanted to add this, but I didn't, and to where like I feel like in person, like that addition can always come in because they're probably th- instead of thinking about it later, they may be thinking about it in th- that that discussion.
2: Yes. So a, a couple thoughts I have with that, I, I agree. So I encourage my coaches if there's a reflection sent out, a questionnaire, whatever you wanna call it, evaluation, its purpose is to trigger conversation points in a meeting. And mm-hmm. so I would say, okay, yeah, maybe you've read the answer that your player put down in writing, but you ask them to talk about that more you ask them to answer it again in person and you be curious. And then there's that, that back and forth. I, I think sometimes when players are put on the spot, if they don't know what's coming and players are put on the spot, they, they freeze up and they don't know what to, they don't know what to say. And so then like you get, freeze up no matter what <laughs> you get, le- so then you get less out of, you get less out of the meeting. And, and I can go, I can go both ways with this. Sometimes it's well, I want to see their first reaction. And because of the context of, of the situation or or the question. That's why sometimes I will I'll try not to make this a rabbit trail. I believe in face-to-face conversations as much as possible because you're reading facial expressions, body language etc. But I will, I will have a text conversation with a player for two reasons. If I feel they need some time to think about my question, and it's, and it's not this odd silence, and then, and then they're going to shut down and not come up with anything. So that would be the first reason. The second reason is, my answers that i tell them i want them to have in writing and be able to go back to it. Mm-hmm. So so That's, i, I go back and forth.
0: The the written part like gives me rather than asking like your standard questions like that you would put on a survey like rather than like reasking i I feel like when they write something down then that gives me a whole new realm of questions to ask in that in person. Like you said like
2: Correct. That's why going, i going going yeah, yeah, into yeah.
0: more detail um, of something that they ask, or maybe they brought something up that, you know, you, you have, um, more, you know, that you want to know more about. Um, I think I, I kind of want to know more about is you, you've got this speaking of relationships. you've got this relationship with words right now. And he uh, <laughs> sent it, sent us this list of words that, that we want to discuss because it's, it's about words. And you yeah. said words, exclamation point, all capitals, unfiltered, totally impromptu uh and because words can cause problems and that's very very true ask my wife all about that words cause me problems all the time in our house
2: and it has well and it's it has everything to do with these individual meetings it's it's all words yeah i want to i want to talk about definitions of words Well, let's,
0: let's, let's start off with the first one you said, because I have a feeling that I know the direction this one's going to go. And I, and I think that we may be on the same wavelength, uh, but the first word is good. What <laughs> do we need to know about the word good? Well,
2: well, what, do, what does good mean people come on?
0: Right. Yeah. I have, I have no idea because what you may think is good is I think good is a very opinionated word. Exactly. And I think it's, and I think it's definition is opinionated because what is good to Nick may not be good to me.
2: Exactly. So if I ask a player, how do you think you're doing? Good.
1: Hmm.
2: Okay. Well, what, what is that player's perspective of good? So is it good and it, it all has it, there's context to everything it's it's all about that player's story too so does good mean i'm okay coach because i'm not the worst player on the team i'm meeting the standards i'm kind of fit uh, you know so i'm i'm good or does good mean yeah i'm feeling i'm feeling good i think I'm at the best, you know, best of my game. Well, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a wide range. And then the coach, the coach's perspective, well, what, when that player says good to me, I'm, I'm basing the word good on how, how I define it. That's not it. That's not an answer. And we have to stop. We have to stop allowing players to get away with that answer right and we have to we have to have s- the communication skills to dig into that more I mean we can't I mean don't get angry at your player for saying that that would definitely you know not help not be the conversation <laughs> right right but So for example, for for example, me, when somebody says good, because I'm a huge Jim Collins fan who wrote the book, good to great, you know, and, and he talks about the difference between good and great. Well, there's a lot of really, 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 really good teams and that's the reason why there's not a lot of great teams, organizations, et cetera, whatever, whatever the list is. And so I think, okay, well, if there's a lot of really, 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 really good teams, then good is average. It, that's the way I look at it, big D. Right. And so when somebody says good to me, It's a very, it's a very average comment and it's vanilla. How many flavors of ice cream are there at Baskin Robbins? I mean, 31, 31, 31. I, I feel, I feel
1: ashamed that I I said that as quickly as I did. I I mean, I was right behind you, but you definitely, you definitely got me out. So
2: with so many crazy, interesting flavors of ice cream, you're going to order vanilla. Really? So don't, be, don't be vanilla. Don't give me the, and it's this automatic, it's this automatic word that we say. And a lot of times, look, let's just take this into, you know, you're walking by your friends, colleagues in the hallway. They ask you how you're doing. Good. Liar. Sometimes you're lying. Right.
0: Agreed. Yeah.
2: And I get, maybe they're not the person that you want to, you know, spill your guts to, but occasionally when people ask me, how are you? I look at them and, and say, are you really asking because you want to know the answer or are you saying that because that's what we do immediately in interactions? Right. So, so good. We have, we have to, we have to dig into that. We have to unpack it. I mean, how how do you, how do you all define it? Nick, did you, did you define it?
1: Good. Uh, I have not yet. I mean, to be honest, like I, I, I feel like I'm probably guilty of like saying like good job all the time. I feel like if you come watch one of my sessions, like that's a phrase I use like well done or good job all the time. I don't know if I use the word like, you're doing, I'm doing good, or you're doing good, like very often, to be honest, I, I just don't feel like it's a phrase I use a ton. Um, but if I were to find it, I would say like, I don't know, just like average, like, I, like, slightly above average, if you're good, like you're solid, like you're not you're not doing anything special, you're not doing anything poor, you're just kind of somewhere in the middle in limbo.
2: Yeah, so I, I didn't think about it that way, as far as we use it as coaches, to, to throw out the good jobs. Right. And there's, co- there's context to that for every, for every coach, we, you have a definition for that. Do your players understand what that definition is? Right? I, 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 I mean, try
0: not to use that word personally. Like I like had Nick talk like in a session, because to me, like good, I guess in my definition is like the the minimum acceptable.
2: Yeah, like minimum. Okay, good. right.
0: So like, what I try to do is because again, good can be defined by anybody, whatever however they want it. I try to use words that like have a standard definition. So like, instead of saying "good job," I'll be like, "Hey, that's excellent. That's excellent. Keep doing that." Um, like that's a, a excellent is a word that I use a lot in training or, you know, I try to find some type of quote unquote big word. There's, uh, there's more to, to it. That,
2: there's more flavor yeah. to it going with the Baskin right. Robin analogy. There's more, there's more to that.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I, I try to find some like big words uh, that all mean like Excel uh, or like you've done fantastic. Uh, or I say fantastic things like that. Um, just because again, like, I think what I consider good, no matter how you put the definition out there for your players, they are still going to think good as in like, however, however they want. So I, like I said, I try to use words that the, the worldwide definition is greater uh, than, than, Than,
2: and of course it's all in how you, how you say it, the tone, the volume, uh, all all of those things.
1: And I do think players really respond to it too. I had a player, um, she's a good player for us um, that I, I like, it's funny. She came to me one day and she asked me like, how are you doing coach? And I was like, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? And she's like, well, I'm, I'm trying to like do a better job. And she's, this is her talking. I'm trying to do a better job of using more descriptive words to say what I, how I'm doing on the day. And so yes. she was like, so actually describe how you're doing. And then like, so I had to go into a little bit more in depth. And then I, I probably did that for like five days and then went back to like, the like, like usual that where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good. How are you doing?" And like. And so I think it's something that I think it takes a lot of practice. And I think it's something that you have to be very intentional about because not every player, but I think like almost every player probably is going to respond a little bit differently. If you actually give them real answers, as opposed to just like saying like, Oh yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? You know? Cause I think Absolutely. like you said, it's, it's an intro. Sometimes you just like, we say, like, I, I do it sometimes even when I ask people their names. It's like, hey, I'm Nick, what's your name? And then Kelly will like ask my wife, will ask me later, like, oh, you, what was that person's name? I was like, honestly, as soon as I, I asked that remember. question, I turned myself off to the answer. Like, I have no idea.
2: Well, Nick, when you talk about, you know, this player that said, can you be more descriptive? My, my One of my thoughts was this. So I forget what book I was uh, reading and it talked about as coaches we we need to be more descriptive when we say the good job or that's fantastic even can we so we're kind of a little off topic from definitions of words when we when we correct them let's say a, an imperfection happens something negative Air quotes, right? Because that's one of our words coming up. Something uh, not good happens on the field. There's a mistake. We 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 correct it. We give additional information that's descriptive. But then when they're doing it right, all we do a lot of times is throw out the good jobs or fantastics versus can we begin to attach the description of exactly what we're thinking and and exactly what we're seeing. And that takes a couple extra seconds. I think that's important though. What say you?
1: Say that last part again? What say you, what do you think? No, I, I think, again, I think it's really important just because I think probably one of the biggest criticisms I would say like, if you ask my players of me is sometimes I, I I I'm too like consistent with what I say and don't necessarily like give enough like like detailed feedback yeah. um, I, I give a lot and so I think that that's definitely something that it, upon reflection like and this hasn't been just a one-year thing it's something that I think I need to do really be intentional about getting better about and so yeah I think I think again kind of like to your point like words do matter and I think that the less descriptive we are in coaches, I always talk about like with players as coaches, those gray areas are the worst areas because when a player doesn't know what's happening, they're immediately going to assume that the worst thing is happening. Or exactly. like if you say something, they're going to take it and like more often than not, take the very worst possible connotation of it. Like, exactly. I, like I always joke with people, like there was one time it wasn't, it hasn't happened here yet because I've been better about it. But I, d- I group texted seven of my players at the last school. I was, at. I was like, hey guys, can you come in the office to meet? And they started their own individual group text of yep. like, "What are we in trouble for? Yep. What to do?" And I was literally like having them organize like a recruit lunch that was coming up or whatever. Like there was a few recruits coming a day, but they they literally started their own group message. And one of the players I saw like walking to get coffee and like, "Coach, is everything okay?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, like we're just talking about like recruits and stuff." But they take the immediate worst connotation when you leave vague things out there.
2: Yeah, they attach meaning to it. Yep. Human human beings were meaning making machines and so they attach meaning to it then they start running this false narrative because th- that's their default that's what that's what that's what they do so yep. the more the more tidbits of information that we can give the more description we can give i think i think the better and so yep. what we're saying is too literally on on just a word good can can we describe that, put kind of hands and feet on it and like place it somewhere so that both coach and player are, or human being and human being are understanding it in the
1: same space? Yep. No, that, yeah, that definitely. Let's move on to another word, starter. What does that, like, what does that word mean to you, baby?
2: Well, starter is the first one of you know, the first 11 that cross the white line. There is no other meaning to it than that. There has to be 11 people that go out there first, and that's it. The problem is that this word is g- golden. It is it is everything to players and it it's this feeling of their it, it ranks them. And, and I mean we could go we could go down so many rabbit trails and conversations around this this is this is this is a huge i am talking about this all the time with teams and players is when all they want to do is start they want to get minutes and that makes that that says that they are somebody that they are a great player and it's sad it's sad me in a lot of ways
1: yeah no I think I think that's the hardest like things sometimes I I mean it again I'm I was new here um and we had again a few players that had traditionally played under the previous coach that like, again meeting different or whatever reason that didn't play as much under me and and I, they like they still contributed we had a like we had the best year that the program's had in 30 years but like to them the disconnect was they were happy being on an okay team, but playing all the time and less happy being on a pretty successful team, but not playing as much. And I remember it was immediately after we had uh, won MPKs to go to the semifinals. we had never even been in the playoffs, let alone like in a semifinal before. And we had a, a, one of the players text me and be like, coach, I, I, I just don't, I'm not feeling good. And like, I'm not, I'm not doing well and blah, blah, blah. And I go, Well, like you can't necessarily tie all your happiness to the minutes on the field, because right now, if I split dead even minutes for every single player, field player on the team, that averages out to like 33 minutes a player. I think Mm -hmm. we have a 20, 26 field player roster and everyone get like 33, 35 minutes or whatever it ends up being. And no one's happy then. Um, And so I think the hardest thing sometimes is to help them to be happy, knowing that they're contributing, whatever that role is. And, and unfortunately, I think there's some people that are always going to tie their happiness to starting goals, how they, that if they feel they can really contribute on the field.
2: Well, and we, we're part of the problem as coaches. I think parents are part of the problem, the youth system. I mean, it's, there's a lot of moving parts here. I believe that as far as coaches, w- when we when we put up in lights and say, we're we're still looking, we're still looking for a starting lineup. We're, well you're you're highlighting it. And I know that's I know that's factual. I know it's yeah. real. And in some ways, that's motivating to players. What, how I view that is now that that can pit one player against another. Then it's, well, I, I don't want you to do well because I want to do well and be the one, but then on game day coach, you're expecting there to be a a collective, right? a, A collective belief, teamwork but it gets it can get muddy it can uh, unless you're you're teaching and and have a hand in all these parts and and dialoguing and keeping it well defined their struggles so I think we're 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 part we're part of it that's, yeah, and that's not think- to say that the players, all right? The, look, bottom line, this, this is what it comes down to. Is players these days everything's based on performance? Their parents uh, are, want them to be the the best, you know, best player out there, the superstar. They get asked, did they score a goal? Did they get playing time? That should that means that is valued. And so these kids don't think they're enough just because they're them. And so no they they're not going to have confidence on the field if way down deep inside they don't believe just at a basic level that they're significant because they're there.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, I, it's, it's, it's hard. Cause I, and I think like a lot of people do a good job. I know Sean uses the term, but I keep, uh, I think uh, Becky Burley was the one that like talks about game changers and game people changers being for
2: the bench. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and stuff like that. I think it's, it, I think it's, Important for them to understand that their role is important, um, and I think it's hard sometimes because, like you said, I think that everyone everywhere else is telling them what's important, and they it's it's hard for them to actually see what's important sometimes. And I think that we showed our team a video as a TED Talk from um, um, it was probably like five years ago, but it what it end up having Abby Wambach on in talking about like her experience, like kind of falling out, like falling towards the bench in the women's national team, and she talks about in her book Wolfback and stuff, but just talking about like how you're not competing directly against your teammate. You're competing with your teammate to achieve a bigger goal. And I think that it's hard for them to see that sometimes because they, they, they like, it's, it's a zero sum game. Unfortunately, sometimes one person goes off, one person goes on. And I think it's, it makes it really, really tough. What would, what advice would you give coaches that, that are trying to help those players out that, don't necessarily contribute because I think the one again another criticism I bet if you ask my players is I I don't like hurting people's feelings so sometimes I feel like I almost withhold like harsh things like saying like hey you're probably not going to play or hey it might not happen this year or hey it might not happen ever how would you work with coaches like myself who again like I I, I holding back because I don't like hurting people and I end up hurting them I think a little bit more because then it might not be the whole truth that I'm giving them right from the beginning.
2: Well, hurt, hurting them is, I mean, this is about their performance, not about them as a person. Correct. Yep. And yet it's obviously still going to be emotional, potentially uncomfortable. They, they want to, they want us to be honest, even though the honesty is it's scary um, I think my my advice is this: first, and I mean this could be a three, four, five hour conversation, but simple simple terms. The way I think about it is first, building the relationship. You you have to build the relationship with the person first, as a human being, as a as individual that is significant and then that then they they believe you trust you they know that you value them that then allows you to say harder things one phrase nick that i have said over and over and over again in my career is this our relationship goes deeper than this current circumstance. Our relationship goes deeper than this, this one comment about your performance that, that I need to share with you. This is going to be hard to hear. It, it Sit with them in the moment, right? So instead of, you being across the table and like giving them and telling them information, we have to sit in the moment with them, empathize, have empathy, offer this feedback and then help them process it, help them through it. A lot of times because it's so uncomfortable, we drop this honesty and it quote, quote unquote is hurtful. It's uncomfortable for them. And it's so uncomfortable for us as coaches that then we want to get out of the meeting so that we don't have to feel that way anymore. But then now this kid is attaching more meaning to it, running a false narrative versus can we keep that kid in the room for another two to three minutes Allow them to be emotional if they want to. It, it, maybe they're angry and notice that and then talk talk them through it. I mean, this is it's all about it's all about people skills. And this is this is why I've picked the topic that I have for for the add-on at, at, at the convention is because building, in order for us to be honest and to help people become their best, we have to meet them where they are. We have to be able to re- read them as an individual, read their emotions, uh, talk about the tough things, and sit, sit in these moments, be willing to sit in these moments because people people are the are your competitive advantage. I mean you win with people. People are your greatest asset. And so it's not it's not. I mean it is, but from my perspective, <laughs> tactics, strategy, I love that. And I know you love it. And and, and as coaches, we all love it. And If I don't know how to build rapport with another human being in order to understand the context that they bring to the word good or the continuum that they have for the word excellence, how am I going to help them become their best? And then in order to help us win, are are you following my train of thought? Yeah, for sure. So again, this this is so this it's it's a huge topic. And that's that's why when I when I emailed Sean, I said like it's words, words. We got we gotta talk about words because it <laughs> it it hits every piece of this web big time. Yeah. Sorry, rabbit trail, but I mean that's that's the that's the connection for, for me as to why why i'm talking about what i what i am uh at convention is uh and i think this is is this is an appetizer to to that that day wednesday january 19th
0: this is that this is that applebee's two for 20. Ah. You
2: know, you got the,
0: got the <laughs> beginning of it right now and then that main course comes in kansas city
2: well this is this is what i want to dig into because we're not we're not digging into this part of coaching the people, the people side, the soft skills, right? That, that they say in the corporate world, maybe. And, and it's everything. If, if I say you're, you're doing, you're doing fine, keep working hard. And I'm, I have a certain perspective of how I'm offering that to a player. They turn around and walk out of my office and they're, they've received it a totally different way, they've attached meaning to it based on their story and what they bring to the situation and and bring to the table. And now we have a miscommunication. We're We're not on the same page. And so there are ways to change a question a a little bit ask it a you know use this phrase be curious Uh, pull 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 context out of them in order to get on get on the same page yeah human beings we're we're tough cookies
1: no Absolutely. And the next word, let's move on to what, like, what do you think of the word negativity?
2: Mm. Well, here, here's why I picked this word to talk about is because scenario, scenario, We got a player that Right at the end, the maybe in a survey, questionnaire, and end of season meeting says there's there's negativity from the coaching staff. Okay, that is a huge continuum. So I have to look at you got so this player negativity, does that mean that? Your coach was coaching you, giving you some coaching points. Hey, we need you, we need you to change this, right? Tidy this up, do it this way. So, those are coaching points, wanting to help you grow. And the player is receiving that as an evaluation, a ranking, and Putting the stamp on it, the label on it, negativity. But that's far from what the coach is intending. Now, if if it's if there's not a good balance and it's it's uh, happening, you know, happening all season, so maybe maybe we could attach the word negativity to it because this player feels like they can, they can't do anything right. They'll never meet the standard because they're not seeing. So, but do you see what I'm saying? So in, in my opinion, in this scenario, well, that's not negativity. That's your coach coaching you. So in this instance, I, ha- I have to have the coaches back and we have to, we have to get context. We have to get context to this. We have to figure out where on the continuum it is now. Maybe, maybe it is negative. Maybe the way, the way that the coaching points are being said, are sliding down the slippery slope, and are demeaning. They are um, very harsh. Okay. That, that I get is understandable. So there has to be specifics mentioned in certain scenarios. We have to talk about the, the context that each person brings. So a player, maybe a player, their default is always negative. Like we talked about earlier, people, people have defaults Maybe a player is just a negative Nancy, so to speak. And so they're always going to be looking at things through that lens. So negativity, what is that, what does that mean? What right? <laughs> what does it mean? I don't yeah. know. What does good mean? Sean, I mean, are are you are you with me? Like what
0: negativity, I <laughs> To me, it's a word that should have a clear definition. Of like, it, I, it's so, but it doesn't. But but it doesn't because I'm sitting here. I just I, as I was saying, I tell myself like the clear definition is not good. But we just sat there and said, "Good" has forty five thousand different meanings. Um, and I feel like negativity has a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like a connotation, but just like
1: <sighs> negativity can be
0: an can be an action. It could be a feeling. It could be. You know, just a, an experience. Um, I, I think again, it's it maybe it's very similar to, to good where there needs to be a clear. Okay, when you say negativity, maybe it's maybe instead of saying oh, well, the negative environment. Well, instead of saying negative environment, maybe you say like the specific. Hey, a player told me this during one of our games, and as a teammate, like it really brought me down. Like I, I don't know because I feel yeah, like neg- no, have to- negativity is a is a scapegoat word
2: Ooh. i think Ooh, yeah
0: did i just did i just open up a box
2: i i mean i agree i agree because it's that is the scary part uh, yeah you just opened up a whole nother that, that is the scary part. And I think that you can is. find Big
0: the, D and myself in Kansas city at a bar discussing.
2: <laughs> at uh, some point.
1: <laughs>
2: Listen, because. This is, this is the challenging coaching and the scary part in coaching is we're trying to coach these kids. Players we're trying to, we're trying to. Make things a little uncomfortable because in discomfort, there's growth. We're trying to help them become tougher. And so there are going to be moments we communicate and it, it could come across as negative. It could feel that way. And and now I and now in today's climate in our industry. I think sometimes as coaches, we're tipped on through the tulips. It's like, wow, w- can we give a coaching point where we second guess ourselves? And that's not, that's not good for us either.
0: Or you feel like you're walking on eggshells. Cause like, no matter what you say, it's like, it's going to be turned into like, whatever you have, yeah. you know, like Nick's saying he's got 26 field players. Nick can, can say some type of coaching point but that message is going to be taken probably 12 different
2: ways. Yeah. And then what I'm afraid of is coaches throw up their hands and are, are, are saying it's not, it's not worth it anymore. I I'm, I'm getting out, I'm getting out of, I'm getting out of coaching. And I, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose great coaches because we're getting frustrated because our, our hands are tied. So we, I don't, we got, we got, we got things to talk about. We got a lot of things to talk about in our industry and we need to like the wizard of Oz come out, you know, Toto pulls the curtain back (laughs) from, from Oz, you know, air quotes Back there, and he's pulling all his, you know, handles and buttons, and to get the smoke and mirrors. We, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to come to the table and and talk and learn and discuss, and not get frustrated with players. Help them. Hel- help help them. If it if it's not working, change change the way that you're teaching them trying to help them evolve more as a coach, try something different. Um, yeah. It, I don't even know. I don't even know where to go from here. It's.
0: <laughs> what about, uh, you know, th- there's clear there's, uh, there's two different definitions. I think of this, when we're talking specifically with, with soccer, but relationship, whether it's, teammates relationships or the the relationship between the player and the coach. I think that to me in all of these words, that is the triggering one is I feel in our industry, there is a, uh, and not just industry as in like soccer coach, I'm talking about coaching in general, that relationship between players and coach needs a massive definition because you have a lot of coaches that just want to be the best friend Be the super nice coach all the time, yada yada, relatable, blah blah. But you have your coaches who are, you know, we're there. You know, we're there to help you with your development. Yes, we're going to care for you and we're going to be there when you need us. But at the same time, like we are not, we are a coach. We're not, you know, your your bestie. Um, So for you, like, what would be that that clear definition of relationship between player and a coach?
2: I think relationship is about connection and so it's about being a human being building rapport being a human being doesn't mean that as a coach I'm going to be your best friend if you're my player we're we're going to build rapport we're going to find common ground hey you know do you have pets at home? You like dogs. I have a dog, right? You like spaghetti. I love spaghetti. Hey, there's this Italian restaurant down there. So you're building rapport. You're, you're finding common ground. You're being a human being. You're, you're, you're finding out what the other person, you know, enjoys, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be, I'm going to act like your friend. And so connection, to me, connection is a, is a huge word. And then it's this relationship that they, they understand that I'm for them, but there's a combination of stretching and supporting that they know up front. like that's, that's my role as your coach. Like I will, I will refer back to that Say, remember, I'm your coach, and I my job is to support you and also to stretch you and to put you in de- uh, uncomfortable situations. So the the relation, so connection. I'm going to be communicating these types of things uh, all the time. I, I think what you're getting at is, I guess. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, a line that we have to remember what well, I'm not going to be, what do I want to say there? If I'm trying to be their friend, then I'm probably, then I, that's, that's an, that's an issue that I have. If right. I'm trying to get my get my players to, to be my friend, then I I need to, do I have insecurities, right? Are there insecurities that I'm needing them to like me? Um, I mean, I, I I guess I don't want to muddy the waters because it is important for you to get buy-in. I always say you have to get buy-in To who you are as a person from your players before you get buy-in you know asking them to do something work hard make this run etc etc so to to come back to your i guess in a nutshell your original question and maybe you can cut out my rambling is never relationship is, this is, this is authentic, unfiltered. You're seeing my mind wrap around. Relation, relationship is, is connection, bottom line. And it's, it's two people. So it's, I'm going to, I'm going to expect the player to bring information to the individual meeting, be descriptive, teach them how to how to build rapport with me. It's about growth. It's about, I'm moving. I'm helping move this mentor, them, move them from one stage of their life to another. And so that life happens in relationship between human beings. True. For sure. I mean, life happens through relationship. I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I need other people around me. And so my word is, is connection. And that will, and kind
0: of going even more through with that connection with your teammates, because I think the we teammates. hear a lot of time is, you know, you don't have to be best friends Correct. being a teammate, but you do have to have that respect and that connection to work together. Um, that, that, so, you know, that relationship, maybe, maybe that definition between teammates is a little bit different because you have to have that connection. But like we said, you know, you don't have to be you know, I don't have to be, uh, you know, I had to, don't have to hang out with my defenders every single day or every single, you know, event that we go to it. I can hang out with my group of friends. Um, so, you know, that, that relationship between teammates for you, uh, where can that kind of get, uh, misconstrued a little bit in that definition?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, I agree with everything you just said and, Encour- encouraging encouraging players, for example, they think they might they think they might be connecting with their teammates, but they're really not. Or they say, yeah, we we all have good relationships, but when they walk into a, a team meeting, who are they sitting next to? Well, they're sitting next to the people that they're closest with because that's what human beings do is we gravitate towards what is comfortable. And so my roommates that I, that I live with or people in my class or that I have stronger relationships with, I'm just not even realizing it. I'm going to gravitate towards them and sit down at a team meal. That, that's going to also happen. So we have to encourage, encourage our players to, no, you don't have to be BFFs. With everyone. You're not going to because it, that's just, it's not possible, but I do need you to be uncomfortable and go sit with somebody that you're not super close with and just build rapport. I, I've started using that phrase a lot. That's, that's being a human being build rapport. Just, just get, get to know a little bit about them to understand a little bit about their story. And then it's going to make you, it's going to help you exist together in the locker room, so to speak.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I'm always curious about with end of season meetings that I've run into a few times, and maybe Sean, you can speak this a little bit too and die as well, but like, do you ever see, end of season meetings is an opportunity where like players start deflecting why things didn't go their way because like, I've also had that experience too where players will come in and like they thought they did everything right and they don't understand why they're not playing and then like it turns into because like and I don't know if I'll ever ask this question again um but I and I probably will but like how like how is a coaching staff can we do better because I think it's a important one and like i had like there was one year i had like two players coming with like freaking lists of like things that we could get better and like it ended up being like a lot of things that like i i think that like weren't really anything right. but it ended up being like like it i it turned into as opposed to something where we can reflect together and obviously there's things that we can always do better of course there is but it turned into like oh like it just like kind of like this happened to me and this happened to me as opposed to like how they could change things going into next year. And again, I left that school and those players had a similar type of experience with the next coach. So it's two coaches in a row. But I I think that's the difficulty I run into sometimes too, where end of season meetings almost turn into like when you, as soon as you open up that question, which I don't think is an innately bad question, people take it and be like, Oh, this is my chance to say why I don't think I had the season I did. And it wasn't my fault at all.
2: That, that potentially happens. Yes. And then we have to navigate that as as coaches. I definitely experience players that play the blame game. They wanna point fingers, blame everybody else, point point the fingers at at the coaches. And my go-to question for this type of situation, or one of my go-to questions is, okay, and what is yours to own in this so example true story scenario I see this all the time well coaches coaches didn't didn't have any individual meetings with me this season okay did you want, did you want to talk to the coaches, right? They answer that. I'm assuming the answer would be yes. Okay. Next question is, and did you schedule, did you schedule a meeting with the coaches? What the answer is going to be no, right? They didn't. So it's, so that's basically asking the question, what is yours to own this? Well, did you did you schedule it? Did you, what could you have done to help yourself lead, leading yourself better? A lot of times players will talk about, well, you didn't plan, you know, you didn't plan enough team bonding. There wasn't enough team bonding. Oh, what ideas, what ideas do you have for that? Did you, did you attempt to to schedule anything with your team? Right. And so it's, it's constantly weaving them back to ownership and the skill of the art of the individual meeting is, is what I like to call it. The skill of asking a question that's going to get them looking from the perspective of their ownership of things. So I think you're, your example of blaming coach for this, that, I mean, it's there, there's all different scenarios or or topics, situations, but I always try to go back to, okay, what is yours to
1: own in this?
2: And a lot of times my players know it's coming. They know that question's coming.
1: No. and, And again, I think that's, I feel like us as coaches, we probably run into that a lot because I, I always tell players, if I was scheduling 20, we had 29 person rosters here, 29 meetings every single week or every single, like every other week. I mean, that's hypothetically could be 10 to 15 hours a week of meetings. That's not it's sustainable. Correct. Um, and so I was like I wanted, I joked with one of them one time, I go, my door is always open. there are like two ways where we can meet on random occasions. You come here or me go there and me going to your dorm room is not appropriate. You coming to my office at any point in the day is a very easy way to do it. And you have to walk by this place to go to pretty much anywhere on campus anyway. And you're, whether you're working out or hanging out and stuff like Good. that. And so I think that that's, I think it's, it's hard, especially with freshmen, because I think like they finally, and I, I don't know if this is a thing with, that you've dealt with Sean, but like, I feel like half the time, the time the freshmen are finally comfortable, like coming down to the office and talking and hanging out it's by halfway through their freshman year. Like you almost miss a season of it because they're still not fully, they, they don't understand that that's a thing that you can do is just like you're because typically their coaches are teachers or their coaches don't work near campus or they have another job before club. And so like for a lot of our players, I think they, it takes them almost like half a year to realize that, oh yeah, I can just like stop by a coach's office and ask them a quick question. And the meeting can be two minutes. It can be an hour long, but like we can get a lot accomplished.
0: I think nah. like my office is in such a weird location. Yeah. Like, so we're located in the I call, we call it the dungeon uh in the lower level of our science building and so like some of our kids are in that building for class um and some of them are and they never even make their way to that side of campus uh even though our mm-hmm. campus is not very big uh so like you know for that we've we've i believe our our offices are moving because i'm the same way as nick like it's an open door policy anytime you need to talk that door is always open um, for you to come in or shoot me a text. Hey, I'm going to stop by. That's fine. Um, and I think like our freshmen definitely did a better job this year of that. And I think, uh, and I have like a couple upperclassmen that will stop by. Um, but I still think like some of my upperclassmen, it was, it's still so different than them because the coaches they've had in the past were mm-hmm. never there. And yeah. so it wasn't just like a thing of like, Oh, like, Hey, I can stop by coach's office and just chat grab a snack a drink whatever and and go on to class um as compared to like that's something that i've really been pushing this year is like hey like stop by anytime if you just need a drink between class you need a snack we got a snack box things like that um and i i definitely think our younger kids do that significantly more um than their upper class but like i guess i have two upperclassmen that their physics class has like a 20 minute break in between the two sessions. And so they'll come oh, down to my office and hang, and hang out. out during that, during that yeah. break to, uh, uh, release the stress from that class. Uh, so I, that's something to where I, I really want to kind of ask before we, um, kind of conclude, cause you, you mentioned the thing about the, the ownership of the team bonding thing. And that's something that I know I've experienced is consistently being told, well, you should do this. You should do that. Or, or we should have done this. We should have done that. Mm-hmm. And it was something that could have been player driven.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and I, I wonder like how many other coaches struggle with that? Because I think it's, I, I don't know if it's a, a generational thing. This isn't a get off my lawn or anything type thing. But like, <laughs> if you, like, if you think of something, like I've, I've told our players before, like I've had some reach out, like, Hey, like, do you mind if we do this? No, not at all. It sounds great. But yeah, just set it up and let's do it. Um, but it's almost like this whole, like you set it up because you're the coach. Like this is you yeah. know, things like that. Like when it's, it's, well, you know, yes, we may be the coaches, but you're still a part of this program. You can set that up as well and let everybody know. And then we'll all be there. So like, right. is, is that something you, like, you think like a lot of coaches deal with currently?
2: Yeah. Like, it's, I, yes. I feel like it's a bigger yes. thing now than it was oh, probably 10 years ago. Listen, it, it's a resounding. Yes. This is, this is what happens is in, you know, Postseason, these things come out we should have we should have done more team bonding it's directed at the coaching staff should have scheduled it but listen truth be told in season if if coaches plan something what happens Ugh, i don't have time right. i can't be there i've got this oh gosh there's, they don't, they don't want to do it. So it's, it's, tough. it's tough. I mean, I got to have coaches back on this. It is, it's tough because that is, that that's the response sometimes. And, and I'll be, I'll be honest with leaders on, on teams say, look, this is, this is what typically happens. You say you want more team bonding at the end of the season. We should have done this, but Nobody comes. So how, so I, I want them to try to help solve it. Do we do, you know, multiple things and it's, if you, if you can make it right, it's not, it's not required. Um, is there a suggest a suggestion box? Cause look, some, some players might have an idea, but they're afraid to bring it up, maybe even afraid to bring it up to their peers, right? Their teammates, captains, or the coaches, because they're afraid of rejection. They're afraid that they're going to get told, no, that's a dumb idea. We don't want to do that. And again, that's a, that's a whole nother hour long conversation about why is that kid afraid to be judged basically, or to be rejected. Like that's, there's context there. There's a, there's a backstory there potentially in, in that player or about the environment that's been created. So uh, I found that maybe a suggestion box um, with some parameters uh, can, can help in, in that situation. Everything for me, a lot is, is leader-driven. So I try to I try to get things done through my leadership group, cast a vision for Wise, and uh, have them planning things. And maybe it's by class, maybe it's by position. I've had a team do position dinners once a week. Right. So there's you can get creative in getting the connection to happen. By combining it with something that they already do, they have to eat dinner. So is it all the forwards get together and they they plan a dinner together and, and w- w- one house cooks? Right. Or it's the freshman, you know, by classes, et cetera, et cetera. Does that, does that answer that question? Yeah because
0: i because I I, I I feel like that's something that like i said i feel like i've i've noticed that significantly more in just the last few years than before to where it's like you know I, it's giving players the ability to create those events and and you know these ideas that they may have of you know that's why i, I kind of enjoy you know lately some of my players like i said have been texting like hey coach like do you think this is something we could do i'll set it up yeah absolutely set it up yeah. and just give everybody details and you know, we'll meet up, and you know what do I need to bring? Things like that, um and then we kind of want to do some some teas for your add on because we want to make sure to to kind of close on with the add on. Also, mm.
1: well, um, I just wanted to apologize really quick before i go to that. I'm sorry, I smiled when you said suggestion box. Have you seen Ted Lasso yet, Don? Donna? Oh yeah, I love love I think, Ted Lasso. It was the one part with like doing the suggestion box. I think it was episode one where it's just like wanker, piss off wanker. I hope you choke on a Big Mac, and then like he, like beard goes. I think it was something along the lines of. Oh, good things. These are anonymous. And, and Ted goes, no, Roy signed that one. And I don't know why that.
2: <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's no, fine.
1: That's why like when you said suggestion box, I was just, like thinking of like all the and so I was, no, like, No, Roy, Roy signed that one.
2: It, it didn't bother me.
0: <laughs> we, uh, you, you do have three more words I think you're going to talk about at your add-on and that's stress, effort, and success. And maybe we do kind of a challenge of, of coaches who are listening to this right now maybe send big D what your definition is of stress effort and success and how you, how you define those words. Uh, you know, it's, it's, as I said, as we wrap up here, the, the add on is Wednesday, uh, at convention in Kansas city, uh, you know, kind of, uh, t- talk them into the room because it's going to be standing room only for sure.
2: And so we're going to, we're going to do a deep dive into interactions and, your individual meetings and how can those become more efficient and and ultimately it's it's for everybody it's for coaches it's for managers general managers executives marketing directors i mean you name it because we're all i mean this is this is going to help you in in your your marriage and your your relationships with your colleagues I mean, it, it is about people and how, how we interact and can, can have better connections.
0: For sure. Now, what time is that on Wednesday?
2: Wednesday, we start at nine. There'll, there'll be four, four teaching sessions. We start at nine and end at four 30. Oh, um, perfect time. But it's going to be, I mean, listen, Sean, you know, me. Is not going to be sit there and listen to a lecture. I mean, for sure, for sure. This is Big D we're talking, so Hell I pri- yeah. it's going to be an experience. It's going to be sure. an experience.
0: Well, I, I think too, like you know, every every year that we have Jeff Van Dusen on the show, he was just on last week. Uh, you know, we always ask about like what is the can't miss sessions that people need to go to, and every single year Jeff has said, you have to go to Big D session.
2: And oh yeah, nice.
0: Absolutely. Every single year. Um, awesome. And you know, since Soccer Chat going into Chicago, you know, that's something that we've been able to see. And like I said, I, I will never forget uh in Baltimore when we were filming our uh people on the street questions things, and we stopped by your lecture like right at the <laughs> end. Like I'm not joking when I say it was standing room only. And even in the doorway to get into the room, people were standing in the doorway. <laughs> um, and so like again, like if there was a, if you're looking at the convention list right now of speakers and presentations, you have to circle Big D's and definitely go to the add-on show. If you're you're going to be on on Wednesday anyways, because you want to get there day early, scope the venue start out, scope the out the
2: start the party, start the early, party early,
0: <laughs> start the party with right? Big D and get yourself ready for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, um, Big D is the party starter. That's and right. Nick and I, I will officially it off. be the party closers. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, again, we, we, we can't say enough. Like every time we have Jeff on, other people we talk to that are presenters that we say, hey, you know, what's one that people cannot miss? It's constantly Big D, Big D, Big D. Uh, maybe this year, Big D gets some like Big D t shirts and, and hawks them uh, oh, at the merch table uh, at the end so of our lecture.
2: There's something coming. There's something ah! coming. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Donna, <laughs> if people want to uh, reach out right. to you, maybe before convention, uh, how can they do so on, on social media?
2: Yeah. Twitter at Donna Fisher, uh, same Instagram and can also email me, uh, info at Donna uh, visit my, visit my website. There's a link there to the, the add-on that has uh, information uh, in more detail about the sessions there's a video that i recorded that'll kind of give you an appetizer to my personality and the experience so click on that for sure
0: experience i would def- instead of labeling it a lecture i would definitely label it an experience because we're going to get <laughs> on wednesday starting at nine o'clock in kansas city uh, at the united soccer coaches convention the most popular and most herald united <laughs> soccer coaches convention speaker ladies and gentlemen Thank you so much for coming on.
2: (laughs) BT!
0: Donna Fisher. Donna, thanks for coming on with us.
1: Thanks, you guys. Check this out. I got my players brought me a coffee.